Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today's topic is what is depreciation for my business and when does a capitalization policy make sense? Now, this is a topic that comes up a lot in our Facebook group. So if you're not in our Facebook group, go join now, go to Facebook and just type in small business tax secrets. It'll be a group that pops up that you can join and send in your questions that you have so they may make a podcast episode. Now, depreciation, that's one word that can make a business owner and quite frankly, even accountants sometimes cringe. However, understanding depreciation, how it's implemented and how to implement it correctly in your business can make a big impact. And so that's exactly what I want to talk about here. Let's start with the basics. What is depreciation? And at a very basic level, depreciation is simply the process of spreading out the expense for an asset purchase over the course of time. So when you buy personal property, such as a car, a computer, or other types of equipment, or real property, such as a building, you have a few possible options for deducting that cost. The kinds of property that you can depreciate include machinery, equipment, buildings, vehicles, furniture, things like that. Now, you can't claim depreciation on property held for personal purposes, so that's key. If you use property such as a car for both business And uh, personal purposes, you can depreciate only the business portion. Land is also never depreciable, although buildings and certain land improvements may be. And purchases that are not expected to last more than one year, you would simply expense immediately. You wouldn't depreciate something like that. So again, at a very basic level, depreciation is taking the cost or the purchase of an asset and spreading out that cost over time. So you buy a new computer, you pay that money here in year one, you're going to take the expense for that over the course of time through depreciation. And again, types of things you can depreciate include machinery, equipment, buildings, vehicles, furniture, stuff like that. If you have any personal items, that's obviously not depreciable unless it's business and personal mix. And then just the business portion would be allowed to be depreciated. So what options do you have when deducting asset purchases. You have regular depreciation, and that can take anywhere from three to 39 years, just depending on the type of asset it is that you purchased. You have bonus depreciation, which allows you to deduct 100% of the cost of personal property in one in year one, and that is available through year 2022, at least currently. That could be extended. And then you have section 179 expensing, and this allows you to deduct up to a little over a million dollars of the cost of personal property in one year. So these are big things to think about. So what's a basic example of depreciation? Let's imagine that you purchased a brand new computer for $4,500 on January 12th. Here's how it would work. With regular depreciation, a computer is considered a five-year property asset. So your $4,500 purchase would be spread across five years. So even though you spent $4,500 in January 12th, you would get that total expense of $4,500 over the course of five years. With bonus depreciation or section 179 expensing, you would potentially be able to deduct that full $4,500 in the first year, in year one. So taking that full deduction right away. Let's talk about some rules around depreciation. Two main rules we want to be following. Rule number one is that you must be in business. If you have just property that is simply for personal use, it's not deductible. If you purchase an asset with the intent of opening a new business, 
no, no depreciation would be allowed on that until your business actually begins operating. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have revenue coming in or be profitable, but you, knew, you do need to be operating as what they call a going concern. So rule number one with depreciation is you have to be in business. If you haven't started your business yet, make sure you're recording that activity. You're just not going to actually start depreciation until you start actually operating. Your business actually begins. Rule number two is that depreciation begins when you place the property in service. And this is this is a key thing to be thinking about. You don't have to use the property to place it in service, but the property must be available for use in your active business. So let's go through an example. Let's go an example number one. You purchase a computer for your business on December 15th, but then you send it back in to get the software and everything else loaded onto it so you can actually use it. So you have a computer that's maybe not usable, so you send it back in and get a bunch of software loaded onto it so that you can actually use it. And you get that computer back on January 10th. This would be considered placed in service on January 10th, not December 15th when you first got it because it was not usable. It was not able to be used within the business on December 15th. It, it got done with that software implementation on January 10th. Now, if the computer came ready to use right away, then December 15th would be that date that you use for putting it in service. Example number two, a rental property would be considered placed in service the day that it is ready for occupancy and listed for rent, but would not have to be physically rented to be considered in service. So this is key to think that if you're if you're purchasing a, an, an asset, we want to make sure that, that that asset is available for use. It doesn't necessarily have to be used before year end, although sometimes we'd recommend it just to help support that. But the key thing is it has to be available for use in your active business. So again, rule number one, must be in business. Rule number two, the depreciation can begin once you place that property or that asset in service. Another thing to think about is when does depreciation begin? When do you start calculating that depreciation? With bonus depreciation or section 179, you get a full deduction for the year you place the property in service, regardless of what month it is. So you put something in service on December 25th, doesn't matter for bonus depreciation or section 179. Now with regular depreciation, again, this is the one that can take anywhere for three to 39 months or 39 years, three to 39 years, you must apply rules in what they call convections. And to determine the month with a convention, you basically determine the month in which your depreciation begins based on when that property was placed in service. So if if you place a property in service on January 1st, it's going to be a different depreciation in that first year than if you placed in service on December 15th. Again, that's just for regular depreciation. The earlier in the year, the larger the deduction you're going to get that first year of, of having that asset. Now, here's a question that pops up a lot is what happens if I sell a depreciated asset? So an asset that I have already depreciated, what happens if I go and sell it? Now, if you sell a depreciated asset, you're going to have a gain or loss on the sale. So first, you need to find out what your basis is. And basically, in simple terms, your basis is your purchase price less any depreciation that you took. Then your gain and loss would be your sale price minus your basis. So let's go through a quick example. We've kind of been using this computer for $4,500. Let's say you purchase a computer for $4,500, and in year one, you took bonus depreciation of $4,500. So your basis in that situation is zero. $4,500 purchase price minus full depreciation of $4,500, your basis is zero. Now, let's say in year three, you go sell that that computer that you bought for $2,000. In this situation, you'd have a $2,000 gain. Basically, your, your sales price minus your basis. And this is what they often refer to as depreciation 
recapture. But let's kind of flip that switch around. Let's say in that same example, you only depreciated $1,500 instead. Then your basis would be $3,000. That would be $4,500 minus $1,500. $4,500 is what you purchased it for. $1,500 is what you depreciated. Your basis would be $3,000. And now if you sold that computer for $2,000, you'd actually have a loss. Your $3,000 basis minus your sale price of $2,000 would be a $1,000 loss. So if you sell a depreciate asset, you need to go through this process to say what is your gain or loss on that specific item. Now, now that we kind of know about depreciation, and, and again, the idea behind this was to give a very high-level overview to get a basic understanding of depreciation. I know it's a complex to- topic, but now I want to talk about something called a capitalization policy, and what is it, and when should you implement them? Basically, setting up a capitalization policy allows you to immediately expense items under $2,500 without even having to worry about depreciation. And this is what the IRS refers to as called, they call it a safe harbor, which basically means that they will accept your expensing of a qualified asset if you abide by the rules of the safe harbor. Now, this is something we say every business should be taking advantage of. For many different reasons, but I'll go through a couple of them. First, it's better than Section 179 expensing because you don't have that recapture period that can complicate your taxes. It takes depreciation completely out of the equation. Instead, you get a full expense in year one, just like if you purchased you know, a pad of paper and some pens. You get that full expense in year one. Again, that if it's under that threshold, $2,500. And it simplifies your tax and business records because you don't have a bunch of assets cluttering your books and you're not having to do go through all this depreciation process. So overall, we believe that every company should be using, utilizing a capitalization policy because it just makes things more simple, especially for those asset purchases under $2,500. So let's go through an example to kind of walk through this. Let's imagine that you bought two new desks and the total cost for them was $4,400. And that was $2,200 for each desk. If you did not use the safe harbor, you would need to capitalize and depreciate each desk, each desk that you bought. And then you would need to keep them on the books as an asset. However, with a safe harbor, you would simply expense them immediately as office expenses or small office equipment or something like that. And that just makes your life easier. We're no longer doing depreciation for it. We don't have to separate it out in our books on the balance sheet. We don't have to worry about anything during the tax return. So that's what kind of a capitalization policy is or this safe harbor election that the IRS allows you to do. Now, to take advantage of this, there's a few things you need to play to put in place. Number one, you need to have a capitalization policy in place. We recommend getting this on paper, just something that you file away in your office in case the IRS ever asks for it. And this needs to be done at the beginning of the year. And on that capitalization policy, you must indicate that expensing is allowed up to the $2,500 IRS safe harbor limit. Now, no, you can choose a number lower than that $2,500. Just know that $2,500 is the max. And personally, I would just recommend using that $2,500 max. So you could say in your capitalization policy that we're going to expense immediately anything under $2,000. The number can be whatever you want as long as it's below $2,500. The max you can use is $2,500, which is what we recommend. Next piece with that capitalization policy is that you must follow your policy for all asset purchases that meet that threshold. You can't pick and choose, you know, some that you might want to depreciate and some that you don't. So let's say you buy a desk for $2,200 and you have a safe harbor, a capitalization policy in place. And let's say you buy a desk for 
$2,500 and you buy a new phone for $1,000. You would have to expense both of those immediately. You couldn't say, well, I want to depreciate the desk, but I want to expense the phone. You can't do that with a capitalization policy in place. You have to follow it for all asset purchases that meet that threshold under that $2,500 or whatever number you choose. And final thing with that capitalization policy is just be sure to keep invoices on file. This is going to be especially important if you have multiple asset purchases in one payment. So we kind of said that example above where you had a computer purchase of $4,400, but it was actually for two computers. So in that case, it was $2,200 per computer, which is under that $2,500 maximum limit. So you just want to make sure you have an invoice that breaks that out, that separates those two, because otherwise the IRS might come in and they say, hey, I see a payment here for $4,400. That's over $2,500. That's where that invoice is going to help prove that, no, there was actually two items and they both were under that limit. So just make sure you're keeping invoices on file. Of course, you want to do that anyways, but just another reason why. So to in order to take advantage of the safe harbor, the first thing you need to do is have a capitalization policy in place. The second piece, and this is relatively easy, is that you need to make an election on your tax return when you file it. So when you file your tax return, you will want to make an election for you to use the safe harbor expensing, which is simply just a statement that you're going to include with your filing. So whether you're filing as a Schedule C, an S corporation, whatever it might be, you're going to have a statement that you attach that, that lets the IRS know that you're taking advantage of this safe harbor expensing. So as part of our tax minimization program, we have a sample uh, capitalization policy document that you can use to put in your internal records. So if you haven't checked out our tax minimization program, do that now. Go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. Again, that's taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. And again, our tax minimization program is a program where we have a library of tax saving strategies, templates, everything else kind of deep diving into strategies that you can utilize immediately. And you also have access to our team for general uh, tax and accounting questions that you have. So we're kind of that accountant in your back pocket, along with monthly group training and so much more. So if you haven't checked out our tax minimization program, you're looking for that sample capitalization policy, do that now. Again, it's taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. So that is what I want to talk about today. And I want to go through a summary because I know we talked about a lot of different things. So let's go through a summary at the top level. Depreciation cannot begin until you have an active business, until your business is actively operating. Now, you can purchase that property, you can purchase those assets, but you will not start the depreciation until your business actually starts operating. Um, Depreciation for business property in an active business can only begin once the property is placed in service, basically available for use within the business. So if this was a car, you'd have to have that vehicle available to use. We recommend at least driving a mile, but it'd have to be available to use. Again, if we gave that example, let's say you bought a new work truck and uh, you know you got it on December 15th, but you had to send it in to get all these adjustments made to it in order for you to actually use it in your business. And you got it back the year later, depreciation would not start until that year later when you actually had a usable vehicle. Um, So just keep that in mind. If you use property for both business and personal purposes, you can depreciate only the business use portion. And finally, what we kind of talked about at the end there, implement a capitalization policy in your business. This IRS safe harbor option where you can immediately expense asset purchases under $2,500 is extremely helpful. Uh, You don't have to worry about depreciation. Everything we talked about today for an asset under $2,500, if you have a capitalization policy in place, 
you would not have to worry about. And so it just makes things more simple on the business side uh, as well as when it comes to tax time. So those are the items around depreciation. Hopefully that was helpful. If you guys have additional questions as we get to year end here, pop them in the Facebook group and let us know there. Again, one final reminder, we are holding our Small Business Tax Savings Summit. This is going to be a virtual two-day, 12-hour event where you're going to walk away rejuvenated with ideas and implementation steps to lower your tax bill immediately and pay the least amount in taxes legally possible. Super excited for this. This is going to be June 14th and 15th of 2022. And if you sign up now as a listener of the podcast, you're going to get $100 off. So go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash summit. The coupon code that you're going to want to use is podcast taxes, podcast taxes. Again, you can sign up and learn more at taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash summit. And the coupon code for $100 off for podcast listeners is going to be podcast taxes. That's all we have for today. I want to thank you for listening to another episode and I will see you guys next week.